ponytail. Like, they use that to feel the ponytail earth. They tails. use that to fuck. They use that to, for everything. I was all like, this hair is doing Here's a lot. Own personal jack. Mm-hmm. Is that the is, jack is, is, jack is that the Avatar version of they use the entire buffalo? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even we know that's a saying. true villain here. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode of Escaping Podcast. The best podcast in Colorado Springs when it comes to all things geek, nerdy, and everything in between. And by everything in between, he means the minutes, seconds, and hours it takes to be in one bad day. Now, today we are talking about villains and their origin. As always, I am your host, Daniel Rojas, joined by... Yours truly, Kells for Show, a.k.a. Kells for Show Nuff. Whoa! Wow! Yeah. That's, I mean, it kind of <laughs> sounded like the same thing twice. Hmm. But it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> with us, as always, is our wonderful uh, other co-host. Michelle, with no intro. I'm still kind of an intro. Yeah, but you know what? This month, I'm going to find a villain intro at some oh, point. Oh, my God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a name. Listen here, folks. You heard it here yeah. first. Mm. Get ready. Yeah. Buckle up and uh, batten down the hatches that are your genitals <laughs> because Michelle is coming in with an intro at some point. Mm-hmm. So, villains. Uh, we, we did a little bit of villain stuff earlier on in the show, but it didn't feel like quite enough. You know, it was, it was too much butter on not enough bread. Yeah, and it's a new format, who this? <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about villains and their origins at the start of our villain series. Guys, who, who are some of the characters you're talking about today? Well, there's going to be a multitude of villains that we're going to be speaking about today, because there are a lot of them. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I have several personally that I would like to talk about. Um, and more or less with me, I'm, I'm going to draw the parallel between various villains. Because just like with superhero origins, there are a lot of common themes that overlap with each other. And that could be the same for villains as well. So I'm going to just start off with just two from Spider-Man's Rogue Gallery. And it's going to be the Lizard and Morbius. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I guess we'll get into it a little bit here, but... The idea of they weren't necessarily trying to be villains when they started out. Exactly. So uh, it's I go nice. back and forth. I feel like Morbius isn't always. I think he's more of a hero than he is a villain sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, and with Kurt Connors, he had his arm um, amputated. I believe it was during the Vietnam conflict because a lot of those characters depending dealt with on that which you continuity know, yeah. you deal with, or he was in an accident. But <laughs> his whole point was to use his scientific mind to figure out how to incorporate the lizard's ability to regenerate limbs into human applications so people like him and other vets and just people it's in general. scientists fucking with something. Well, exactly. <laughs> even, even in the case of the uh, the man bat in, uh, in Batman, Batman mm. it's so similar to the lizard story. But, yeah. you know. Exactly. So he, just, he creates this lizard serum. He takes it and guess what? It goes wrong and he turns into a monstrous big-ass lizard like with Bruce Banner and the Hulk or if you saw the first Amazing Spider-Man, which that sequence in that movie was pretty cool when he was finding the lizard in the high school and he was like climbing up and around his body that was dope not to mention the scene with Stan Lee as the librarian listening yes. to the music that, even in a bad movie oh, there always so are golden nuggets and that was definitely <laughs> a little golden nugget in a shit of a movie and then you have Morbius who had a blood disease and he was trying to mm-hmm. use his scientific genius to figure out how to use the vampire's bat's natural ability to somehow cure him of his um, illness, which he does, but also side effect, he turns into a bat-human hybrid monster. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and both him and Kurt Connors, the lizard, go through these run-ins with Spider-Man, not because they're necessarily bad for them. Most of the times they run into each other because they need something to yeah. either help them be normal or help them help other people. But in those means, they have to be kind of nefarious with them. Or, and sometimes, they just 
plum fucking crazy. Yeah. Like when the lizard goes full lizard, he's just a straight animal and he's in the sewers eating people or controlling a bunch of alligators in New York sewer because that would happen in one of the X-Men run. Yeah. Um, post pre bendis I think it was pre bendis Right before, yeah. But yeah, because it was like Storm, him, Emma Frost, and the thing were uh, all in the sewer trying to figure out why these alligators was fucking snatching people. They thought it was mutants, but no, nah, it was just a lizard and somehow he gained control over all the alligators. Yeah. <laughs> right. Michelle, what about say, you again? To start with, um, you know, the origin of the word villain. Ah, you know, yes, yes, yes. So it comes, it's... it's. You went all Webster on I'm yeah, loving it. it was oh, like man. And I should know because I'm based, a Webster. But also Anglo-French based. Okay, it's, so uh, where, where, where does the, the term come from, I guess? Yeah, so it's... It was referencing somebody who, there was a couple of meanings, and it was like somebody who works on the land, somebody, and it it said um, on a plantation, or somebody who lacked chivalry. So if you lacked chivalry, they said you were unpolite, quotations, evil. Okay. So they started to associate everything distasteful with this word villain. Yeah. Mm. Damn. And I mean, not not to just gloss over the whole plantation part. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, that's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel Sanders, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> and so, like, even in Killing Eve, I don't know if you guys yes. seen that show. Oh, my God. Villanelle is the, the main spy chick that kills people. She's the assassin. Um, but that's where her name derives from, is from villain. But... Damn. Yeah. That's so good, though. And I think the breakdown of a villain, like, every writer, whether you write or you read, you know, like, what you expect out of your villains. And I, I, I'll i touch on that throughout the show. But, right, I mean, right. one of the favorite ones I have is um, following the Spider-Man is uh, Cletus Cassidy. I was uh, hoping. I was word. hoping that one of you had picked. Yeah. You know, carnage for this. I, I have venom written down too. Mm-hmm. So, so Cletus Cassidy is one of yours. Can you give us a brief little? Uh... Yeah, Cletus Cassidy. You know, he was born in prison. Um, he's he's brutal. Like, try to kill his granny and mother. Try to kill him. So it built up to the stereotypical of all the serial killers we see nowadays. That was Cletus Cassidy because he oh, was yeah. a serial killer. Oh yeah, but he had like severe mommy issues. Yeah, uh, mm. and and some of the series no do dive into that too. Where yeah. it's like, ooh, buddy. Yeah, and it and that's the thing. It's like if we're gonna have a new film, I want all of that just dug up and rated our film that just hits all those points. It has because he is a brutal killer. So will he be calling Venom mommy in the movie? Because that has to happen. Because the Ven- <laughs> if you didn't know the Venom symbiote mm-hmm. birth or spawn. The um, current symbiote that symbiote that went on to Cletus Cassidy while he was held in Ravencroft. Yeah, man, and uh, mental institution, by the way. Well, that's the thing, you know, with that movie, you can't really nerf Carnage. No, if you do, you're making a shitty movie. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like so with Carnage's character, the symbiote that got a hold of him obviously got through his bloodstream, so they actually have a stronger connection than um, Venom and Eddie. Eddie Brock did. Like, their connection wasn't as strong as um, Cassidy's was. And so when they combined, it's like, obviously, the symbiote feeds off of your energy. Yeah. He is a unremorseful fucking killer. And so that's Ooh, what makes Carnage fucking amazing. Truth. And also explains why he's bloody red <laughs> yes. as well. And it, it, it all reflects, you know? Yeah. yeah, and it makes sense, too, that the connection is strong because he's literally, the symbiote is literally a part of his blood. Mm-hmm. It's not like... With Venom, or like when Venom takes hosts like um, Peter Parker, Eddie Brock, mm-hmm. or Flash Thompson, the symbiote leaves. 
when it leaves Eddie, it's also leaving a part of itself too, because it's so intertwined with each other. And that high pitch, the sound. What was that frequency that can get the venom out? It was very hard for Carnage to separate from Cassidy, right? Right. Because they were so bonded. Well, and you even with the fact, like the, the whole thing of it being in his blood, which is why so many times when Carnage is away, sometimes Cletus Cassidy can still become Carnage. Mm-hmm. I have to say though, he's one of my favorites. As far as villains go, I mean, I have several, but Carnage is one of those favorites where it's, it wasn't a scientist who fucked up an experiment. He was mm. just a fucked up man, and he got the ability to even amplify that. And right, so right. then you, what control do you have over him? You don't. Like in Carnage USA, which the artwork is amazing. And that's... Carnage USA is fucking fantastic. Yes. And then uh, what's the other one? There's there's a couple that go with that. Yeah, Maximum Carnage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that um, Carnage USA is like... Was the catalyst for me and Michelle getting reconnected. Yes, I think we talked at a nightclub for I don't know how long about yes. that. Well, and, and Carnage that's USA true too. Has, has some of my favorite things. One, it's in Colorado, mm-hmm. so, you know, shout out. The art was amazing. The art yes. was fantastic, but my absolute fucking favorite thing is when Spider-Man's talking to, I believe it's Hawkeye, and he's like, we should bring uh, the thing in on this. And he's like, oh, why? Get on so my we, head. Get <laughs> on my head. I was literally about to bring it. So, so we can talk about his Aunt Petunia and, and his y- blue eyes. And, and Yancey Street. And, then, and, and Spider-Man's like, he's not that bad. But his first fucking panel with Ben Grimm, he's like, I knew you needed the ever-loving blue-eyed Ben Grimm from Yancey Street. If only Aunt Petunia could see me now. And Hawkeye just looks at Spider-Man like. And you can tell through yeah. the Spider-Man's mask, he's like, oh. Because yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man was the only one not affected during right. that whole and, thing. And he, yeah. he turns to Ben and he's just like, I think we're done talking for a little bit. I think we're just going to you know, sit here and be quiet. Yeah, It's probably because um, Hawkeye lost a lot of money in one of those p- poker tournaments he'd be having on the low yeah. low, man. There's, like, there's no moral dilemma with Carnage. It's He, <laughs> he knows, like, fuck you, fuck humans, f- fuck everybody around me. And that's the thing, too. Like, when they do put him in the movie... You can't spell Carnage without the R, baby. So yeah. you had to have it R. And plus, his name is Carnage, not aggressive. Yeah. We have to see blood yes. and mayhem. And that was one of my issues with Wolverine in the movies. Mm. Like, he's the best at what he does. And what he does isn't nice because what he does is kill motherfuckers. Yeah. Y'all keep talking about this animal and this killer, but you never show us Until him doing Logan. And technically, I want to say um, X-Men... Uh, apocalypse when he was in the weapon as a f- facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the truest Wolverine moment pre, uh, pre-Logan. Yes, 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 yes. So, how did you guys feel after the Venom film and um, Woody Harrelson was... Here's the thing. <laughs> the way the Venom film went, I was like, okay, it was better than Venom was portrayed in Amazing Spider-Man, but... Ooh, no, no, sorry, Spider-Man 3. Yeah, Spider-Man I, 3. I, I could argue that it wasn't. But... <laughs> I... D- <laughs> As as lighthearted as that film was, how are you going to introduce Carnage? Okay, you, you'd have to you'd, you'd have to definitely change the tone. Yes. and establish that right from the beginning that this is not the same buddy movie that you're going to see. because yeah. shit has changed. We don't need a buddy movie. We need a bloody movie. Yes, that's it. But the thing too, why I would argue that Venom in Spider-Man Three was better than Venom in the Venom movie is because of the one major factor that the Venom movie didn't have. And that's what, everybody? Spider-Man! Oh, I was... I, 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 <laughs> but the thing is, too, is like, because... I for think those, the focus needed to be on Venom, though. Exactly. Yeah, and and at least they gave us a close comic book accurate origin to Venom outside of the Secret Wars element. Because, all right, because his origin has been retconned so much. Mm-hmm. So the more more streamlined version is he was a um, 
alien that was a costume that Spider-Man got in Secret Wars came to Earth. He realized his mood was changing in the costume. He was losing time. Went to Reed Richards. Reed Richards was like, yo, bro, your costume is alive. And then we, if you watch the cartoon for the 90s and like the scene in Amazing Spider-Man 3... They, Spider-Man 3. Amazing Spider-Man 3 never happened. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My bad, y'all. Sorry. Too many reboots. But it's the scene when he's in the bell tower and Sonics and Fire weaken um, symbiotes. And we've come to find out why. Because um, the symbiote god battled Thor back in the early eons of the universe or some shit. And Thor's lightning, the sound, struck him. And the heat from the lightning also affected the symbiote um, god. So that reverberated through all the symbiote spawns from him. But that scene when the bell tolls and the symbiote detaches and it falls on the eddy, then he turns the venom. Like somebody said, I was listening to a YouTube video. The movie should have stopped there with a cliffhanger. Then we would have got this Sam Raimi Spider-Man 4 with Venom and the Vulture. What if scenarios? That scene in the movie was iconic to the comic book as well and a cartoon because that's how it pretty much played out. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Eddie Brock story mm-hmm. that they forced in because the director, uh, Sam Raimi, didn't want the character in the first place. But... If you could go back and you plant the seeds of Eddie Brock in the first one, second one, then the third one, he gets the symbiote, then he gives us a fourth it one. Could be more successful yeah, you could have build you could have yeah. built upon that whole legacy of that character because people are like, he's gonna come. Mm-hmm. We've been waiting for him. But then you get him in Venom when it's basically a rom com about Venom trying to get his girl back, but then realizing she's with a better guy. So getting this back to uh just where where we need to be at this, mm-hmm. what is it about these villains? Or what is it about the catalyst that is so important that changes them? Because as we've seen with some characters, they don't start bad. No. What do you think, Dan? As far as, like, if you were to portray your best villain, like, what is it, what do you think are the main points that you strive to see in them? I guess uh, for two of my favorite villains, one of the ones I really want to talk about today is uh, Two-Face. Because, you know, depending on which version, he was a good DA. Yeah. He he was trying to, you know, make Gotham better. Other versions, he was corrupt. Yeah, I am a good DM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to lose my half my face at some point. But <laughs> Dark messages. The whole idea that Batman <laughs> didn't save him and what that did to his brain. And one of the runs that I do like is that Harvey was already disassociating as a kid. Yeah. Because of his parents. Yeah. Mm. That two-faced persona was already there, but yeah. this accident brought it out. Kind of like in some it, um, versions of the Hulk, the Hulk is always there because that's, where, yes. that's the persona that yeah. Bruce went to to make sure he was safe as a little kid when his dad was abusing him and his mom. Yeah. And that's kind of a thing for, I, I feel like is a running theme for a lot of villains because if you look at the villain and you see their origin stories, to them, they are the victim. Exactly. Yes. And yeah. as, as someone who listens to, you know, murder podcasts mm-hmm. and true crime shit, you do see a lot of times with these people, these monsters, mm-hmm. The victim mentality from when they were kids, some sort of head injury, and the trauma that makes them who mommy they are. Mommy issues. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lots of mommy, mommy and daddy issues. Mommy issues for, for more than Pornhub can fix. Um, <laughs> but I think that it, it's not that this made them crazy or this, you know, did something that changed them. I think who that was who they were mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. And I think a good movie or a good story actually show, you know, shine some light on that. Yeah. That it's not like, oh, this chemical, and now I'm... You know, polka yeah. dot man. I'm not the same person I was prior to. Like the Joker said, it only takes one bad day for yeah, somebody man. to turn yeah. to a complete monster. But can they really do that if the monster wasn't there? Or are you saying it's more... The monster was there the whole time. The yeah. call was coming it's from more inside nature. the house. You know Joker what I mean? was very hard because Joker has so many different origin stories. And I think he makes a story to fit his environment at the time. Yeah. So he's one of those like, yes, does he play the victim? Always. But... 
which one is the real story of him? And even DC, yeah, because DC right now is telling the story of three Jokers because there's never been a definitive mm-hmm. Joker origin. That's why I like he lectures Joker so yeah. much because every time he talked about the scars, it was like a nod to one of his various quote-unquote possible origins in a comic yeah. book. Before Wolverine's origin was revealed, he had like the most mysterious origin in comic but now we have the Joker and we still like like 80 years into his character being on print and like, we still don't have a definitive what made mm-hmm. him this? Who was he? Was he Joe Chill? Was he the comedian? Was he the original Red Hood? And the thing with Joker, too, so the new film that came out, I think a lot of people who are not comic book fans watch the Joker film, and then they think that's the origin story. No, it's a great yeah. film about mental illness, and I think they touched base on society's stress on that. Everything. We live in one. Yeah, and exactly. it, was, it was great portrayed onto one of our favorite villains. But if you are a fan of comic books or the Batman franchise, like, you know, Joker doesn't have, like, a real origin story. So to use that as his main one and say that's how he is in every character, no. He's not the same Joker that, like, cut somebody's face and wore no. it. Like. No, it, 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 it's the same thing as... You Literally know, wasn't. It's the same thing as, as Western Christianity. Yeah. What denomination are you? What god is yeah. your god? So mm. different. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, too, like talking about how sometimes those seeds are already there mm-hmm. and then society water, waters them and you grow into the villain? Or is it the circumstances around you that could take a mild-mannered person and be like, you know what, fuck this establishment, fuck the world. We about to get into that shit. Yeah, so I guess uh, another question for you guys then, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we see how important these defining moments are, the ones that give them that push, yeah. that little push off the edge, that you know throw them into who they were always were going to be. But is that a preventable moment for these villains? Um, That's hard to say. I, I think they're already hardwired to what they're going to be. Okay. It, it depends because what's the saying? The, the path to heaven is paved to hell. The, 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 the path to heaven is paved with good intentions. Yes. But then exactly. you've also got the Kung Fu Panda quote that I fucking love. <laughs> the road you take to avoid your destiny is the one that's going to bring you right to it. Exactly. And for yeah. this villain... Um, his intentions, and I think to a lot of these villains, like I mentioned before, the Lizard and Morbius, even with Mr. Freeze, they had very good intentions. Like, Mr. Freeze froze his wife and was trying to figure out a way to save her mm-hmm. from disease, and in the process, he ends up being transformed forever, and his whole motivation is to save Until her. Until Harley melts her. Him in the animated series. <laughs> yeah. Daniel didn't get there. Oh, I did. Oh, okay, you did? Never mind. Um, yeah, no, that was... Where she, his wife comes out, she's like, oh, my love, the love of my life. Did you find the cure for my very rare blood disease? Yeah. But, oh, he was actually telling the truth. And it's just like, um... <laughs> and so just good. like um, with um, Mr. Sinister, for example. Mm-hmm. Yes. Daniel Essence. Essence was an 18th century um, oh, phys- um, scientist, um, He's one of my favorite villains of all yeah. time. Yeah, it's like he was doing all the sciences, but he focused on genetics and his son had a disease, and he was trying to figure out the how to cure his son. So he started experimenting on the lowlights, the Morlocks, the vagabonds in the district that nobody like cares about. does with their prisoners. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Doing all of that shit. Um, and then, like, his wife got wind of it. She was dying. He was found by Apocalypse, and po- Apocalypse transformed him into the version that he's most popularly known as. And from that point on, he was always under um, Apocalypse's thumb because Apocalypse needed somebody to help him hmm. genetically engineer his own decaying body and help him also usher in a new age of mutant superiority. 
okay, the fact that you brought up Apocalypse, uh, I gotta ask, because if you don't, if you know, then you know, but we're talking about their shit that's hardwired into these characters. Yeah. Yes. That it is who they are genetically and mentally. Now, what happens when you have a perfect clone of someone like Apocalypse who is raised to be a hero? Mm. You're gonna find a lot of strife in their lives. Yeah. No, that's Cable. No strife. No, 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 no. No, Cable. Cable. Strife was the real one, but Cable was supposed to be the imperfect. I'm talking about Evan. Oh, you're talking about Evan. See, there's so many. See, that's one of the things with that A perfect clone (laughs) of Apocalypse. That was a little baby that the X-Force was supposed to come and kill because it's a clone of Apocalypse and instead is brought to the Institute, is raised to be a hero. Yeah, that's like having twins and they're two separate entities. But the funny thing about that, X-Force is the X-Men's hit squad, but the person that said we can't kill kids, I don't do this shit, was who? Fucking Deadpool. Deadpool. The the one that the X-Men do not want to deal with, associate with, but he was the moral conscience. He said, I know I do a lot of scummy things and I'll kill anyone, but I draw the line at killing kids. Mm. Exactly. And And they're all like, oh. Wait, he can't be the good one here. Yeah. It's Deadpool. Jimmy yeah. Chung, y'all. And, and <laughs> I, I guess, I don't know, because we haven't seen anything more of that character, but that is an origin story of someone who is trying to be a hero, yeah. knowing exactly the genetic material that they came from. Is it possible to prevent these villains? I don't know. I, I And talking about genetic, I don't think that's the basis for all villains. And yeah. that's the thing. Like, I have a list... In my mind, if I were to write a book about villains... Oh, do it. Do it, Michelle. I'm like, what would I write about and what do they have to stick to? And yeah, that's definitely what I want to get into. You know, and and, uh, that's something that we will get into. Let's uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be right back. How's it going, guys? This is Daniel. And Kelsey Show, a.k.a. Kelsey Greer. And today we're going to give you a little introduction to a new show that's coming to our network. Our network is growing and we're really excited about what's happening. But instead of us telling you about the show, we figured we'd let the hosts of it bring you in on what's coming up. Guys? All right. Hey, guys. uh, We are three guys, ten eyes. uh, Just three guys. Two of us wear glasses. Simple math. (laughs) Yeah. uh, We just are going over... Simple entertainment topics, pop culture, sports, music, interviews, and stuff like that as well for the local scene. Yeah, we're just going to try to bring up the community. If you have anything that you're starting up, your career, we'd like to have you on the show. Just hit us up. We have Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Yeah, all of those at three guys, uh, ten eyes. Ten eyes. Word. And do you want to give us your names individually, or is this one collective? Is this, like an an, yeah, is this an anonymous thing, yeah. or are you all three attached like a Cerberus? Uh, well, <laughs> we are all three attached at the hip. It's um, kind of, it's, we're it's kind of like Siamese, disgusting to look Siamese at, twins. I have to say. Them hips don't lie, though. Well, yeah. it's actually more hips than could lie. Uh, unfortunately, we have very small hips, so we're just literally... <laughs> like an Instagram model. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, I go by Young Pyramid. Uh, I also make music, so check me out well, on what that. What type of music you make? I make hip-hop uh, and like alternative you hip-hop. you play live instruments, or is it just like... No, it's bad. it's all like he beats, the and then I make my own lyrics, and Yo. I rap. Yeah, we might have to talk, bro. <laughs> no, we will so when can we expect uh, to hear from you guys next uh, we are posting every Tuesday we go live right now on Facebook uh, that'll be going on every Sunday and probably for another three weeks uh, and that's on my on my Facebook Derek Shreve you want to go and push we have his name now okay yeah. you wrote that down <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my social my, my social is uh, 666 so hit me up <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Dude, we just lost our whole Christian following. Right? <laughs> no, 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 no. On this network, I think you just oh, they... built some more. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You can't believe in God while believing in the beast, baby. Cool, cool. And then, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm what? Ultimate Dusty. Uh, I just do gardening and oh, gaming. Right. Yeah. What type oh, of gardening? All kinds, man. We got pumpkins growing, watermelon what? growing. I've been trying to grow some collard greens. My garden's been fucking up lately, but then again, I haven't put too much intensity. Okay, to yeah, it. I we haven't uh, tried no collard greens, but we got kale and lettuce and all that good stuff okay. coming in. Uh, just today, we harvested some cucumbers and tomatoes. Hey, yo, you grow some tomatoes, give them to me when they're green. I'm frying them some bitches up. Same you can way probably do, do that with the yeah, the, the abusive husband. Exactly, yeah, always. <laughs> and uh, you. <laughs> Uh, I'm Christian. I don't rap or garden. I just work at a grocery store. Damn, yes! <laughs> you are My a man. fucking man, the everyday essential. person. Yep. Yes. Uh, too essential. Sometimes, <laughs> too essential. <laughs> so, we're looking forward to having you guys on the network, and I know that you listening out there right now, I can't tell you how exciting this is, how fucking wet you should be getting. <laughs> don't do that. I did. I'm, I'm dripping. <laughs> I'm honestly a little scared. You're going to mop around Should here? be. Yeah, no, no. A healthy dose of fear will always keep you alive. It's, it's kind of just one of the rules of the network. You come in here, we all get naked, we record, and it's good to be a little afraid. Well, so, well, <laughs> saves you on AC well, costs too. Well, well, the well, fact well. that we are in a basement and it's cooler does not help the fact that I'm still sweating. Um, we have them coming onto the network starting next month. Be ready because it's going to get crazy. Guys, thanks for being here and uh, let's get back to the show. Exactly. All right, we're back. Uh, Michelle, you wanted to get into something here. Yeah, kind of things that I expect out of a villain when you're writing or creating them in a film or anything like that. Um, one of the big thing is I love when a writer can make you feel so sympathetic to a villain that you forget yes. who the hero is. Mm-hmm. You're uh, just like, wait, is he the hero? Did I relate to him more than this villain. Yeah, exactly. And that, that, that is truly good one directing mm-hmm. or, or writing or whatever form it is. If you can make me understand where they're coming from yeah. and not do it in a heavy handed way, but a way where I organically say, Damn, you know what? You might be right. Yeah. And that's what Marvel and the MCU specifically have been doing a great job at mm-hmm. is making you feel, not necessarily bad, but it makes you feel connected to the villain in a way like, okay, I understand him. Yes, he's doing some fucked up shit, but if I was him or her in that position, I'd probably be doing the same thing mm-hmm. with that. And the number one um, person that comes to mind will be Killmonger from the Black Panther movie. Because yeah, after that movie, yeah. everybody, for the most part, was like, Yo, he has some valid-ass points. And you felt his emotional plight throughout the whole film, especially when you realize he was the little kid that got left behind. Yeah. Yes, and we are going to get into uh, mo- bad guys in movies yeah. next week, yes. so we're going to talk yeah. a little bit more about that there. Exactly. One of the villains, and this is just... It's uh, <laughs> it's the monarch from the Venture Brothers. Of course it is. Because at first you're like, oh, well, you know, he's the bad guy, obviously. He's the big bad, you know, kind of deal. But... The more the show goes on, the more the story takes place, you understand who he is as a person. And his hate for Dr. Venture is kind of justified. Especially since, spoilers if you're not caught up, mm, yeah. uh, Jonas Venture, uh, Rusty's dad, was the one who had his dad killed. Mm. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I didn't watch that. So and Jonah was low-key a piece of shit. Jonah too. was a piece of shit. Jonas was a low-key Jonas. piece of shit. But... Then you find out that he and Rusty are half-brothers, and because he impregnated uh, the monarch's mom, and it's had, had the monarch's dad, the blue morpho, do all of his dirty work, it all lines up, wow. and it's, it's this whole thing where 
Yeah, I thought you were just a piece of shit at first. Which show is this again? The Venture, Venture Brothers. Brothers. Yes. Yeah, that explains why him and Russell got the same color hair. Yes. And the same... Uh. It made sense, because they kind of alluded... <laughs> Did you spoil this for Kelsey? No, not really, but... Oh, okay. It was kind of alluded, like, we are, like, you know, typical villain tropes. Like, we are related. It was like, no, no, no. Like, early on, they kind of played, like... He the, was, like the, the Vader thing, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, I am your brother. We are simply, like, mm, but yeah. now that I know... But it comes out, yeah. and... You start to not see the, the monarch as a villain, mm-hmm. but as a person who's trying to do right by his wife, trying to get yeah. himself back into status, trying to just live his life and do what he wants to do, which is Arch, you know, Dr. Venture. And he stops being a trope and he starts being a character. Mm-hmm. And so when something bad help happens to the monarch, you feel it. You're like, oh, and that's buddy. a mistake a lot of writers make is going into the trope instead of, you know, mm-hmm. creating, yeah. making them unique and yeah. people, giving them a specific personality. And that reminds me of. Um, Crusher Krill, aka the Zorbie Man oh, and the yes. Black Bolt series. Yes. Because, you know, if you've been reading comic books for a long time, like Crusher Krill is that villain that pop up here and there throughout comic books randomly. You need a villain squad, you need some muscle, you get Crusher Krill. He's he'll, even he'll, he'll work for cheap. Exactly, he will. And that's one of the things, too. He's just like, he's just a throwaway villain. But then in the Black Bolt series, you got more into his personality and his life. And it's just like, yo, yes, I do these fucked up things to some people but I'm just a guy trying to make it I have no real skills outside of my body and these powers that I got like I'm a I'm a blockhead like I'm not the smartest you know person around but I know what I gotta do to survive I have a wife I wanna have a family I'm trying to get in straight and narrow but sometimes the streets pull you back in and you just fall back on your laurels and do what you're good at and that was him like knocking heads around cause he was a boxer too before he got those abilities so is that to say that there is no Merit for someone who's bad for the sake of being bad? No, I mean, like I said, Carnage is bad for being bad. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you like that. And it shows you, like, the different levels of villainy, too. Like, th- what's the difference between bad versus evil? Like, it's that whole thing, like... Mm-hmm. Well, and going along with Carnage, one of the things that I've seen, and this isn't necessarily origin, this is kind of me going a little off the rails, yeah. just a slight uh, bunny, bunny trail, but every time there's another group, doesn't matter what the group is, if it's a cult... If it's a cult, or if it's a cult, or even the government, <laughs> that say, oh, well, let's use him as a vessel, and we, yeah. can, we can control him. You're never going to be able to control Carnage, no. and if anything, you're just giving him another hammer to crush your skull yeah. in with. Yeah, like, He'll see you and be like, oh, how do I get them? <laughs> okay, I'll mold them. Yeah, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, my yeah. God. When they use the, uh, the, the, the Darkhold, the, the book, and okay. it was like a Cthulhu-type character, yeah. and they're like, okay, well, you're just going to be used for this. And for a second in the first issue, you're like, okay. And then Carnage is like, no, I think I understand this kind of crazy. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, fuck. There it yeah. is. This is like with the Suicide Squad, too. Like, <clears throat> they try to control these bad guys. Kind of like they say the whole, we need to just steer the bomb mm-hmm. where we want it to go. But the bomb still explodes. There are casualties. There's shrapnel that's affected by said bomb. And also, the government never wants to get their hands dirty, so they use other people's hands to do a lot of dirty work. Oh, yeah, man. You don't got to wear gloves when it's not your hands you're using. Oh, yeah, that's one thing, too. Like, going back to Harvey Dent, he said one of the most, like, famous lines in that movie, um, The Dark Knight. Where do you think I got these scars? No, that was the Joker. Oh, he said, I am the knight. No, that was Batman. He said, Bruce, I'm worried about you. No, that was, um, what you call it? Rachel. Rachel Gillian. Shit, okay. Or Jack Gyllenhaal. Maggie Jiggle, <laughs> Jiggle Hollies. Maggie Jiggle Hollies. Jiggle Hollies is the name of our Christmas album. Be on the lookout for it oh, this winter. It's gonna slap like Hank Pym. Bad guy. Oh, <laughs> oh, 
But the line I was talking about was um, Harvey Dent's line, um, you either die a hero or live long enough to become the mm. villain. And that pertains perfectly to these next two villains, um, mm. two of my favorite. That would be Megatron of Transformers fame and Black Adam. I thought we were talking about yeah. Well, well, I'm just bringing up their origins because oh. okay. these both were people that come came from the streets of their res- uh, respective cities. Because Black Adam came up from the streets where he was at, he gained power and toppled that government because they weren't treating the people right. Because the person he looked up to was used to be about the people, and then he be about the people. And he was like, "Yo, you lost your way. Now I'm here. I got the power. I'm a rule this land and protect my people." Same with Megatron. Because in Transformers, you just think there's always Autobots and Decepticons. Like, no, they're all Cybertronians. But then there was hierarchies and classism, too, with the robots. And then you had these slave bots that were in the Energon pits that mined the Energon for the wealthy bots above to live their lavish lives. But then they also had these gladiatorial battle arenas. And Megatron came up through the ranks. He was going by a different name, but he adopted Megatron after Megatronus who was a previous Dark Prime. Fun and fact, his original name was Steven. Yes. <laughs> yes, that makes sense because Orion Pets was Optimus Prime. So Megatron came up through fighting, literally fighting for his people, got to a position was like, now we can overthrow those that sit up top. I am yes. Megatron now. You are my Decepticons. But now, if you're not rolling with them, he's the villain, just like how Black Adam now is a villain to a lot of people in the DC Universe outside of his home country. So it's always fascinating to see those um, stories as well. Absolutely. Because even you could do that shit with, uh, say the same thing about Namor and Atlantis. Because Namor did technically debut as a hero, but more times than other, he's been a villain to those heroes that didn't align with the protection Mm -hmm. of Atlantis. Because just like Black Panther, his nation comes first. And the only thing that separates Namor and Black Panther is like, T'Challa is more noble in his rights. Even though... If he wanted to, he could be radicalized and be like, yo, anybody step foot on Wakanda, we blowing you all up the smithereens. But T'Challa's not. He's he's not that type of person to be blood first. He's like, let's work this out diplomatically. But Namor's like, nah, I'm the king. Do what I say or you catch these fish hands. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other big thing is, like, with every villain, you can't be a villain without your counterpart. And Absolutely. I think that's, you have to have a very strong purpose as a villain and you have to have be an arch enemy to somebody, Moriarty to Sherlock. Absolutely, and, so and what a that. fucking good rivalry yes. that is! They're both geniuses. To, to go along with what we talked about last yeah. week at the end of our series, Light and L. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have to have someone else who's playing that mental three D chess. Yes, and yeah. it, it, it makes it better because if you're going up against just someone who is good for the sake of being good, and they don't even know you're there, you're, yeah. that, that you are their arch enemy. It's not worth it. Like no. you're talking about Dr. Venture and the Monarch. He's like, who yeah. is this guy? Right. Who's these butterflies? What is it in the Adventure Brothers where he's like, how long have we been venture, uh, arching venture? Yeah. And Dr. Mrs. the girlfriend at the time goes, I don't know. Uh, Marky Mark still had a funky bunch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where Moriarty and Sherlock, they both have that eye for things. Yes. They can see the clues. They can, But he knows how to play Sherlock because he knows how to frustrate him. And that's what makes a great villain is and how to play against your, I guess, hero or adversary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is what was missing from Psych. Thank you. <laughs> if I'm being honest, from what? Yeah. Psych. 
He needed, I think I watched the first season, but oh, I don't know. He, he there's, there's a villain of the week every week. No, but I think he needed someone who also was able to put together the clues he was. Well, he did. Sean did. Eventually, there was people here and there that could do what he did. But I'm did. saying an overarching uh, you wanted villain. That. Yeah. So you wanted yeah. way more from a USA yes, I comedy did. series. I mean, White Collar also <laughs> let me down, but... Uh, one white collars yeah. will always let you down. Two seasons in, I was down. That's, That's why you need right. to turn them up. Uh, so one of the villains that I want to talk about before we get close to the end here is Hanzo Hasashi. Scorpion. Scorpion. Get over here. Word. Whose family was murdered by the Lin Kuei. Sub-Zero was yes. part of that. Yes. And he was not a bad guy mm. well, before that. Yeah. He was there to protect his family. But then... Um, Which is so sad. I played the Mortal Kombat series I don't know how many times, but yes. It's uh, you. You need to watch the movie that we yes. watched because, because yeah. man, that Wait, whole scene. Did you guys uh, it was the animated one. Yes, that uh, came Mortal out. Kombat Legends: Scorpion's Revenge. It's oh, so good, and Joel McHale, Jeff okay, Winger, I will check that out. voices Johnny Cage. Yeah, if it's not free on any streaming service, Michelle, I own the DVD, so you can always borrow. Okay. It. But Hanzo became the villain to most anyone because of the sacrifice he made. Because after he died and was killed by that Sub Zero. He was in um, the Nether. Yeah, Nether Realm. Nether Realm. And who was it who offered him, or who, who was it who, who said that uh, he was just a pawn? Quan Chi. Quan Chi. Mm. Yeah, that's so, motherfucker. I know what I'm watching on Sunday at your house. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, Scorpion gets these uh, Nether Realm powers from Quan Chi and becomes this, like, assassin, just killing yeah. everyone. But that's not who Hanzo was at the beginning. See, I thought he was just a brutal murderer. No. Uh, After yeah. seeing his family brutally murdered. Yeah. He lost it. It's almost like some Spawn meets Ghost oh, Rider type okay. origin. Okay. Like, I don't even think they really knew about that when they first initiated or first created the concept of these characters. But that's something that gradually became more part of his story mm-hmm. and explaining why he breathes hellfire and all that shit. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons he's always coming back because yeah. he's dead. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. okay. it, it, it's a fantastic story. And then even in, uh, I want to say it's Mortal Kombat 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if you've played yet. Yes, I have. When uh, Hanzo well, actually, and Sub, no, I think I'm playing eleven right now. Okay, well, Sub Zero yeah. and uh, Scorpion come together and like they have to put it all aside, realizing that oh, you know what? I'm not going to give that away because you haven't seen it. So yeah. they realize a thing. They work together, and Scorpion is in a way redeemed. Okay. Even though later on he still goes back to being you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like one of the things. Mortal Kombat has a very dense history for all the characters and I love that about it. Yeah. Right. You can look at it on the surface. For somebody who's played it for years yeah. I'm still, like, I, I enjoy the fighting game yeah. and it gets my stress out, but I haven't gotten too in-depth into each character. Well, See, it, it, you can look at it on the surface so as if it was, like, Bionicle and yeah. be like, okay, well, those are just Lego toys. But if you find someone who knows the Bionicle lore yeah, and legends yeah. and it is, like, fucking religion to them. That yeah. goes in tough. And I spent many a nights, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., watching just character <laughs> origin videos oh on YouTube. Because once you fall down that Mortal Kombat character yeah. stories... On YouTube, that rabbit hole. I mean, even like, the fatality for Johnny Cage with the whole movie star. <laughs> you get a you get a glimpse of who he really is. Yes. Hell yeah! And speaking of like that too, like speaking about adversaries, because you know Avatar: The Last Airbender mm. is always popping. You know, it came yeah. out on Netflix um, earlier this year, a um, couple of months ago. Now Korra's out, and just think about that. Even like so, Zuko um, was supposed to be the antagonist to um, Aang, but you grow and realize with him that he's not the bad guy. Really, it's his father, and that gives so much layers to this series and makes you realize, like, you can start off one way, but become who you're truly meant to be. 
Yes. And that definitely can be because we're going to touch upon about when um, you know good guys go bad um, later on in the series. But you never know who's the bad guy, and that's once again, it's always perception. Because watching Avatar, they was like, oh, the Fire Nation is supposed to represent this type of country. But now you look at it in different lands, like, oh, yeah, we kind of Fire Nation. Like we we yeah. burned down some shit and said, nah, 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 we did it for the betterment. But I'm like, mm. well, that's and- the thing. It's like. Suddenly, who's the villain? Who's the hero? Exactly. And, and uh, Avatar, we, fuck, we could talk about Avatar all day. Yeah. But Avatar did such a good job of making you resent Zuko mm-hmm. in the first season and then throwing that curveball. Mm. And then you're like, oh, Azula yeah. might actually just be the big bad. Yeah. And the thing, too, like what I love about the new um, War for Cybertron series on Netflix was the fact that we see Megatron spew his Decepticon propaganda towards all the other Decepticons and Cybertronians on the world because as soon as he fight with Optimus Prime he's like mm. see what the Autobots did yeah. they don't want you to be happy they're stealing your energon that you work yeah. for so they can yeah. do their own things we as Decepticons need to put our fists down on their throats and like which we're going to oh. get into later in this month is yes. evil robots and that was had me like oh, robots sh- in disguise yeah. exactly. no show Optimus Prime yeah and don't get me wrong I mean there's a lot of even Harley Quinn is supposed to be a villain I sympathize with Harley Quinn fully like, she's just always having a manic Monday yeah she is <laughs> well, I mean I totally am Poison Ivy versus oh yes absolutely you, yeah. you have the whole you hate people yes. you love plants and I, I, I will say with her current animated series that's justification guys uh, to the listeners both of my guys think I am Poison Ivy so. yeah and, and we're here to help you with whatever you need there <laughs> yeah that's why I you mean, always make me itch when I'm around you <laughs> well no you need to go get that checked out dude mm. ooh COVID <laughs> I'm gonna stay away from hospitals <laughs> I wouldn't say COVID. I'd say maybe something more sexual. Um, anyway. Ivy. Ivy is such a great character in that show yeah. because even in season two where she's like, yeah, let's go do some evil shit. And Ivy's like, well, I wouldn't call it evil. Yeah. Saving the world shouldn't be evil. Yeah. But yeah, please We're help me with We're neutralizing the evil. <laughs> yeah. And with me and Michelle are not going to speak too much about season two because Daniel still hasn't yes. finished it. I'm three episodes away. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, mm-hmm. Getting close. Getting close. This show has big community and Venture Brother vibes to it, which yeah. is why I think you should watch Venture Brothers. And community. Okay. Because mm. as soon as I heard the animated series and I got access to it, I was like, and crack. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let and then I was all that. and then I was like, Oh my god, I am poison ivy. Yeah. What is oh, it? Oh, your bachelorette party gonna be lit. <laughs> Ives, how did you do this? <laughs> I ate, a, I ate an orange and shut out a shit. Wait, so did, you, a seed. so did you get to the episode when the whole city got turned to like a race car track? Yeah. That episode? Wait, the, the Harley Quinn Highway? Yeah. yeah. I seen that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Really the old man was a transform. Oh, man. A long time ago in 1984, <laughs> there was a progress. Wait, so did you see the Key Shark Go Home episode? Yeah. No. Okay. Oh, God, yeah. That's but good. you did see when they went to college. Mm-hmm. And the dean was the dean? Yeah. Dean yeah. was yeah. a dean. Riddler and two I never with- met a cartoon character that... Related my personality so well. Yo. I think the fact that he, here's who I'm most proud. And we're going a little bit off. We're about yeah, to be at the end, but yeah. here's who I'm most proud of in this show. 
and it's Clayface for becoming yes because he's Clayface oh my God, is I love him. Yeah. method yes when he turned into the sorority chick like yeah. oh my God Brad test me yeah, at the end and then, like, I'm like fucking I love it he's like and I am <laughs> the fact that he's talking as this sorority girl but every now and then he's like oh gosh like what are you going guy? to yeah. <laughs> I'm just voice. a sub- simple sounding gentleman <laughs> and I must go home <laughs> If any of you know who Matt Berry is um, from Toast of London, the IT crowd, the new What We Do in the Shadows TV show. That's who voices him? No, but oh. he should. He, he's yeah. very much the Clayface type character where he'll be talking normally, yeah. and then for whatever reason, he goes a little bit more theatrical with yeah. it. And now I'm sad because when DC do bring him to the big screen, it's going to be all dark and gritty, which it should be, which yeah. it should be, what? but... <laughs> I would love to see this version. I didn't even know I needed this version of Clayface in my life until now. I'm saying I didn't know I needed the anime version of any of them until that. I'm saying that after seeing that King Shark is going to be in Suicide Squad, I need Ron Funches just to still voice him. That's what I heard. And plus, fucking Clayface runs with a Professor Orpheus from Vincent's Brother. Oh, my darkness. (laughs) There is Oh, sweetie. Call Dr. the Dark Lord. We've got to start a petition. Oh, sweetie. Call the Dark Lord is nothing and raising the voice of the dead. All I need to do is hook this up and say, by the power of the... What was the name of the... start a petition for this? Order of the Triad. Order of the Triad. And what's old buddy name? The Blackula Slayer? Jefferson Twilight. He's a Blackula Slayer. No, I killed Blackulas. What? My, my mama was killed by a Blackula. Black vampires. I killed Blackulas. Not white vampires, just Blackulas. <laughs> I have to say for one black last black thing cr- for, crime. for villains. Have you noticed in every villain character, it's always a disfigurement, uh, a, a dark trait, or something that tries to make you not attracted to them, but it makes you more attracted well, to them? I don't know. Because I was going to, I purposely was not trying to talk about these two, but I will talk about one of them. And yeah, that's gonna, yeah, of course, that's going to be but Dr. Doom. But I feel Doom. like that's how they get you with the villain. Yeah, with Dr. Doom, he was hor- horrible. talking about Dr. Doom. Yeah, I was trying not to. He was horribly disfigured yes. by his experiment in college due to Reed Richards meddling. And you know, we all experimented in college. Mm-hmm. If we went, we just, <laughs> if you didn't win, you just experimented right. on the street. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a confirmation. <laughs> I said on the streets, not in, anyway. <laughs> but yes, Doom got disfigured. He went to a mountain. He learned magic from the same person that taught Dr. Strange. But he all, yeah, exactly. But he was doing all of this to save his mother's soul because his mother's soul went to hell and Mephisto had it in his clutches. And every year, Doom would battle Mephisto for a soul, and he teamed up with Doctor Strange in one of the most classic team-up comments of all time. And he won. Doctor um, Doom bested the devil. So does that mean he's worse than Satan himself? Ooh, I like that. Well, we are here at the end of this episode. Um, last question. Out of all these villain origins, which one would you say is your favorite? And if you had a villain origin of yourself... What do you think that catalyst would be? Mm. Michelle. Well, if I had a villain that I could relate to, like I said, Poison Ivy, I feel like her animated character is me portrayed. Um, That being said, villain origin, oh man. Well, I was raised by a Korean mother, so I don't know if our (laughs) listeners are going to listen to this, but... Wait, well, I mean... It's a brutal... (laughs) You get A's, you you do this, you do that. You cook (laughs) and clean, or you don't want to get a husband. But hey, you know, <laughs> I don't really think that does it. But working in healthcare, that also molds you. Um, I love what I do, but patients really try you. I mean, they talk down to you, 
They verbally abuse you. Um, when I did home care, they verbally or physically abuse you. And so, I don't know. It's a combination of all of those that would probably drive me to be like, eh, humans? Mm, I'll raise a fucking flock of raccoons. A flock of seagulls, even. Mm. What do you call a bunch of raccoons? Um, house party. Yep, I'll raise a house party of raccoons <laughs> instead of dealing with humans. Kelsey, <laughs> same question to you. <laughs> yo, the jokes I want to make, but I won't because BLM, yo. <laughs> no! And it is what it is, baby. Say we it are, is. It is. It is say, what it say, is. Say, say what it, What joke? Oh, there's too many, girl. There's, I can't, yeah, I can't play. To find out more about those jokes, find Kelsey on the street where he is experimenting and ask yeah. him about it. Word, just like Sinister was experimenting on the street. He streets can't say it on, on the show because then if I repeat it when I'm out drinking, then it's like, ooh. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't go out drinking, <laughs> don't so that, out, yeah, you don't that wouldn't out. happen. First oh, that's true. I don't go mm. out drinking. Damn, Kelsey, don't call me out. I ain't calling you out. I'm just speaking facts, and the truth <laughs> is written. But um, my favorite villain origin, um, uh, it's hard for me to just pick just one. Um, I just, I'm going to just go with Matt Nito. Like, because it's not necessarily him being a bad guy. It's just him knowing what's done to people already just for being different human beings. So he already knows what's going to happen when human beings realize they're going to be obsolete and are the bottom of the evolutionary um, totem pole. And if you're not familiar with Matt Nito's origin... He was a Jew in a concentration camp during all the fuck fuckery of the Nazi shit and the Holocaust, and his powers were um, activated then, and he escaped. And there's a dope-ass um, Magneto Testament comic book series. I believe it was written by Matt Fraction. Yeah. And it was dope because they, like, um, they went back and reconned a little, some things here and there about it. But I'm just going to go with Magneto because... He just knew what he had to do his way, and he had the power to do it. Because some people have the power to change the world for the better. Some people might not think that, and they don't do shit about it. But he took his power and said, no. If somebody has to do this for us, let me be that. Let me do it my way. It's got to be a better way. No. Better way. She better likes way. it my way. My way, my way, yeah, yeah. Cause when I say go, then she's in. That's some Usher shit. Mm. But but my villain origin story would be very simple. It would just be me. And I already told this to one of my friends. If they ever got superpowers before me, I have to be their he, arch nemesis. Yes, yeah, no, he said this. And then I would say, I would crush you. So I would not need power. I'd be very Lex Luthor-like because... You can have all the power in the world, but what I have is the power of human depth, human human doubt, and skepticism. Because I can paint a narrative as needs be. Because you just need one person in your base before that base becomes a mountain. And guess what you could do on the top of that mountain, hero? Die on it. <laughs> okay, so for me, um, <laughs> I'd have to say my favorite one, and this is out of the is out of the field, uh, Gorilla Grodd. I love Gorilla Grodd. Because he was, they were just a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, gorillas, uh, apes out there. And then a spaceship crash lands and they all get these powers. And I love the idea of that sentience kind of seeping in and then they're like, oh, oh, let's end this. If you know, I've got telekinesis and telepathy. Ooh, about to be real Planet of the Apes something here. Where's Andy Serkis? He's going to be one of us. You know, it, yeah. it's a whole thing. Word. As far as my... Um, Origin, I think it'd be something like it's a late night. I have too many episodes to edit. 
and there's an accident with the microphones. Mm-hmm. And I get electrocuted, and I wake up with sound waves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would play in So you want me to vibe? I said I would play in Chernobyl. No. <laughs> you want to be Cisco? No, 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 Cisco. no, no. Who's, who's, Cisco, who's Cisco. the other one from uh, that Spider-Man series? The one from the they retconned his his childhood, where there was a what is his name? And he, he does the sound waves. No, it was someone who he Peter even hired later on at Peter Parker Industries. Oh, I didn't read all that shit. Uh, anyway, um, it's not vibrates because I think he was a. I, oh no, 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 he was he was a blonde dude. Yeah, I yeah, did a vibrator. They'd call me the vibrator, and I, you know what? I aim to please. Mm. So this is the end of our show. Thank you all for listening. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, if you c- want, if you want superpowers, go to Chernobyl. If you want superpowers, baby, you've already had them. Mm, the okay. real power lies within also. you. <laughs> if you, if you've. <laughs> If you've ever... <laughs> Black Widow or um, Chernobyl. If you've ever been able to make anyone come more than once, then you already have a superpower. Uh, Michelle, Kelsey, where can the people find you? Anything you'd like to plug? And, uh, I know some you like to plug. Hey, yo. Michelle. <laughs> Your butt. I am Emily Gideon on Instagram. It's Emily Gideon on Instagram or Michelle Gideon on Facebook. Um, otherwise, find me on Spotify or Google Play with the guys. Yeah, anything you want to plug? Escaping podcast. Oh wow, that's this one. Yeah. Oh my god, Kelsey. Anything else I want to plug? Um, my watch butt. the animated <laughs> series of Harley Quinn so you can see. So good. The animated portrayal of Moi, which oh, is man. Poison Ivy. <laughs> Kelsey, mm. you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Kelsey Show. Um, also, you can find me at Escape Velocity on Saturdays, where I work at part-time. Um, and you can always find me on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple um, Podcasts, wherever you listen to this at right now, every Wednesday and Fridays with new episodes on this one. And I'm Yo Where The Captures at. And what I would like to plug right now is two things real quick. One, villain origins, the way you make a sympathetic villain. Nope, I take that back. Because we're going to talk about villains um, in movies next week. So I'm going to save this for next week. So, <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> but I want to plug Young, Just- Young Justice because I just realized in season three, Vandal Savage's origin was so magnificent. He instantly became one of my favorite characters of all time in that moment. Because the way they structured it and animated it just had me like, wow. He's he's that guy. Like, he's that there's a guy. lot of immortal characters that you know pull the strings behind the scenes here and there. But Vandal Savage shows you why his last name is Savage because he does not give a fuck about anybody or anything that gets in his way of his end goal. Damn, dude. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Daniel? Uh, for me, I'm gonna have to go ahead and say that you can find me on Facebook as Daniel Rojas. Instagram is Blue Morpho. One word where the O's are zeros. I don't really post on there, but I'm trying to do more. And normally, it's pictures of my cat or pictures of me barely covering my dick. So, who knows? Is it art? I'll tell you. Um, you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Escaping Podcast. And if you or anyone else you know would like to have your music featured on a show, email us at escaping.podcast at gmail.com. Today we leave you with a song by Lip Truce called By the Ocean. Check them out. They're a little bit local here to Colorado. Make sure that you uh, give them some love and let them know that you heard them here. I love you guys. I love being able to be here as naked as the day I was born doing this show. It's so good. I love you. And remember, there can only be one chum bucket. For reals. And remember, guys, 
you don't have to be anything other than what you've been trying to be lately. And what you need to be trying to be lately. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. No, no, we're keeping this. Well, all right, fine. We're keeping it. Yo, guys, never feel like you have to be a hero. Because guess what? You're already the villain in somebody's comic book. So that's all I got to say. And always remember, you can always be an escapee. Stay on candy, y'all. Trying to make it back to Feeling like I want to Kiss me by the ocean I know I'll make my way back to you Steady moves as steady does I hope you can still hear me, love Kiss me by the ocean And constellations up above Telling me to listen hard Like I've tried to do from the start 